0: How powerful of a story is that? I want you to know that that story is one of hundreds, if not thousands of stories in the life of our church, um, and it, it gets to the heart of what legacy is really all about. If you're here today for the first time, I want to welcome you. We're so glad that you're with us today. Everyone joining us online for the first time, and our family um, at SCI Chester in partnership with God Behind Bars. Can we show everyone some love who's joining us? well today we 're going to begin a new conversation. This legacy series will take us through Thanksgiving and all the way up to christmas and uh, i 'm pretty excited about it um, because uh, today, especially, I-, I get to really share my heart about where we as a family are going to be going, and uh, the vision of this house and what it 's going to look like and all that it entails and I'm so excited to share it with you today. Throughout this conversation, throughout the series, I should say, we're going to have some incredible guests with us, some resources, some very special announcements, some gifts to share with you. And at the end of the Legacy series, as a family, we're going to have the opportunity to bring a one-time offering to help advance the vision of this house, which I'm very excited about. But before we we talk, one of the things I realized about... um, Talking about resources and doing things tangibly for God is sometimes our hands can get ahead of our hearts, and I don't know if you've recognized this in your own journey, but sometimes you can be so ambitious and excited and passionate to do things for God. Um, really, you're doing things um, that you think are for God, but God never instructed you to go that way. But you're so excited, and and sometimes you can run ahead of what God wants you to do. And I've done that in the past. I've been so excited to do things, and through the Cave series, I kind of unpacked with you what I thought I was doing to make God happy led me to a place that I didn't want to be. And, and so I really believe whenever it comes to vision for our lives individually and corporately, there has to be a not only a pacing in it, but there has to be a yielding to the Holy Spirit and really time spent with God and humbly seeking after His voice. Uh, the vision is interesting, right? Because I think what we do as believers, we... We think and we ponder where would it be fun to be? What what can I do? And where should I go? And what new adventures can I can I run after? And then once we've convinced ourselves the direction we want to run, we our prayers start to sound like this. Well, God, can you just God bless this this vision that you gave me? God's like, what? You know, I I, I didn't give that to you. You 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 gave that to me and now you want me to bless what you just gave to me. And so I think there is a balance. I think seeking wisdom and counsel from other believers from other believers that love you and love God and really approaching God with a sense of humility. One of the things I've learned about, about God giving us vision is if for our own lives or even corporately is sometimes it's it's well I shouldn't say sometimes most of the time when God gives you something, you, you will feel a sense of inadequacy in it. You'll feel a sense of like, well, that's not really the way I wanna go. Well, God, I, I, that's not really what, what my heart desires. But, but then you find out if you're obedient to God and you run and you walk in whatever direction he's calling you to go in, when you arrive at, at that place, you look back with almost a sense of laughter and humility saying, God, I never thought that I would be as fulfilled as I am today going this direction. I thought that my fulfillment and my joy would be found if I pursued this, this, and this, but I forsook all of that. I obeyed you and walked in your direction, and here I am today so grateful that you've guided me to where I am. There's something unique in this because some of you come in, come to church and you gather together and you're looking for something from God's Word to kind of to fuel your direction and where you're going. Give me something. I want to make sure that I'm going where I need to go and doing what I'm I'm supposed to be doing. And and sometimes, I I said this at the end of one of the services last week, there's nothing that I can do on this platform that can replace your time with God. There's nothing I can do. I, I could preach until I'm blue in the face, and I could scream, and I can yell, and I can do the best I can do, but I cannot replace your time with the Lord. I cannot replace your time on your knees praying and seeking his face. That's why when the scripture says seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto it, you don't get caught in pursuing all of these things. Yeah. Seek him first. Can you say amen? Yeah. Legacy means that you, or as we focus through this series, I, I want us to shift gears a bit. And it's going to be difficult for us. Sometimes when I talk about areas of, difficulty or struggles that we may be dealing with it's easy for us as listeners to say oh i can't wait for my spouse to hear this message or i can't wait for my children to hear this message but but i want you to to listen to this and i want you to think of yourself i want you to really reflect on your decisions that you make and and how you navigate through the life and the journey that god's called you to live but a legacy is all about leaving something beyond yourself what will people say about you what will you be remembered for? What will you leave behind? Will, will people, when they talk about you, say, well, that was the person that was successful or they were the great athlete or the great artist or the great entrepreneur or the great teacher? What will they say about you? Some of you think that you have no no. Uh, no role to play in what people say about you when you go. But I believe the exact opposite. I believe that you can pursue the things of God. And they might say, yeah, in spite of all of his weaknesses or her weaknesses, there's one thing about they loved God. They loved God. They were always found in the house of God. They were always given to the house of God. They were always serving people, always loving people. Yeah, they had their problems, but they loved God. What a legacy to leave. And I know for us as, as a church, it's very easy to look at what we can receive from what God has blessed us with. But I realize with all my heart, I, I realize this, that to whom much is given, much is required. Much is required. And so when God gives us things, he gives us things to steward them well. As you read through the Old Testament, you'll see time and time again when God would do a miraculous thing, he would instruct the people of God to, to leave a monument or to build something or to stack stones. Or, and, and it would be, be done in the remembrance of the faithfulness and the power of God. And God would often say to the people, when the generations come, the next generations come, and they ask you, what is this? You point to the faithfulness of God. And so we as a church are desiring with all of our hearts not to build things, but to leave a legacy for generations to come, to leave a legacy for people so that they can know the faithfulness of God. It's so easy to leave a legacy individually, maybe in what we accomplish, but I believe we can leave something so much more significant and powerful as a people of God together. My heart is that this house, this home of True North would be filled with legacy-minded believers, legacy-minded believers, people who look ahead to the future generations who intentionally and proactively live their lives to make an eternal difference in the world around them. I believe that they're the real world changers. They're the people that live with courage today. They fight battles today not to leave them to future generations. And it requires something of us. It requires us to tackle on things that will be so easy for us to look. King Hezekiah, if you read in the scriptures, would, he, was, he was a king and he was prophesied to by the prophet Isaiah. And he said, you know, calamity will come. Babylon will take everything, that cup and that, you won't have one thing. And he said something that just gives me like, it makes my stomach kind of turn over. He says, well, at least in my lifetime, I'll have peace. You know what he was saying? Who cares about the generations that come after me? Man, far be it. May that never be said in your heart. May you never think that way. May, may we as people think of the generations to come. Can you say amen? Our team um, continues to do the best that they can to resource and equip the people of God. And like I said, I say this often I believe our responsibility as, as ministers of the gospel is to equip people. Equip the saints to equip you in your everyday ministries and um, wherever God has placed you. And so we started at the beginning of this year with this commitment. And it's not just this yearly thing. We're continuing this forever forever. In this pursuit to help our church individually grow in our understanding of God's Word. And so we've developed devotionals in past series. And um, through this legacy series, our team put together, I, I think it's probably one of the best devotionals that we've put together, a legacy devotional um, that's 28 days. And uh, through this devotional, we're going to read this together. Do you think we can do this together as a church for 28 days? you think you got it? Some are like, oh... Listen, I'm going to call you out on Sunday morning, okay? Like, how was that devotional today? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. But as you exit today, make sure you grab one of these. If um, some of you, you're not, you know, you're everything on the phone. This will be available to you on the app as well, so you can go through that. But each day, um, there will be a devotional. And our intention behind this is for our house to be a people that are filled with, with, that this house will be a house filled with legacy-minded believers so that we can get God's Word deep down inside of us and it'll change the way that we look at our future, that we look at the next generation, and it'll change the way that we look at building the house of God. David said in the Psalms, he said, He said, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts, he says. He says, see if there is anything offensive in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I don't know if you can hear God's voice if pride and arrogance is filling your spirit. I think it requires a sense of humility to come before God and say, hey, God, where are you going to lead me? In a sense, you know know, the scripture says a wise man is not a hearer of the word. You know that, right? The Bible says that a wise man is not just a hearer of the word. It is the doer of the word. It is one who hears the word and puts it into practice. Don't deceive yourself, church. Don't think that you can merely just hear the word of God and let it go in one ear and out the other ear and say, Man, that is so good. I love that. But never let it play out in your life. We're living in a time of day today where you are going to be presented with compromise, the option to compromise on a daily basis. And can I tell you, it's in the little things. It's in the small things. And if the enemy can cause you to compromise in the little things, when the big opportunity comes, it'll be so easy for you to compromise. But I believe with all my heart that God's called us to be believers that live with conviction. To live with conviction and faith. Faith over fear. And to walk with confidence and courage in all that God has before us. And if that's the case, if that's the case, we need to be refined by God's word. We need to approach it with a sense of humility. Sometimes when I read God's word, I get a little, I don't want to use the word anxious, but I get a little like, all right, God, where are you going to tell me to go? Where are you going to lead me next? Next. I remember reading a resource early on as a pastor, and I remember thinking like, well, what, do I, what is my primary role as the lead pastor of this church? And I heard one of my, my mentors tell me that, the, listen, just lead, just feed and lead, feed and lead. And I'm saying, feed and lead, what are, you, what are you talking about, you know? And he's like, feed the people of God, the word of God, get it in their spirit, build them up in God's word. And he says, lead a vision before people. I'm like, all right, where do I get that? Do I go buy that? Do I find that somewhere? Who Do I borrow it from? And no, 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 you need to get it from God. And there is is something that is overwhelming in the essence. Like, I don't want to lead the church to a place, to a barren field. I don't want to lead us to to bankruptcy. I don't want to lead us to brokenness. I don't want to lead us to a place of division. I don't want to lead us there. But where do I go? I go where God is going. So sometimes when people say, well, what's your vision for the house? I said, I don't know. I believe God has cast a direction for us. And I believe with all my heart, I'm just following after God. And sometimes where God goes, you will not want to follow. (laughs) I was reading through Exodus chapter 13, and do you know when the people of God were finally set free, when Moses set the people of God free, used God, used Moses to set the people of God free? It says in verse 13, right after they set up a monument for remembrance of God's faithfulness to set the people free from bondage of slavery for over 400 years. It says in verse 17 of chapter 13, this is what it says, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was the shorter route. For God said if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around the desert road toward the Red Sea. When I read that, I realize something that God always sees things differently than the way that I see them. Always. And if you're not careful, you'll begin to tell God what you see, and you'll begin to think that what you see is the only way out. It's the only possible route. It'll change your countenance, it'll change your, your hope, it'll change your joy. It'll change your perception of God. But how many of you know that that what you see is determined by where you sit? (laughs) And where you sit determines what you see. And if you're seated somewhere and you don't see God very well, then where you're seated, it'll it'll change what you see. And and what you see ultimately determines how you react and how you respond. It means what you see determines how you live. (laughs) And what I love about God is... He, he, he sees our tomorrow before we see the end of our today. He, 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 when we just see to the wall, God sees beyond the wall, through the wall, around the corner, and through the next wall. God sees it all. We just see the top of the hill, God sees beyond that hill, and over every mountain beyond that hill, God sees it all. Yeah. And so sometimes when God reroutes us, He redirects us, He moves us, <laughs> say, God, I, I can't believe it. But yet God knows that where He's leading us is not only a place of provision and protection, but it's a place that we can live and thrive. Why? Because we're in the guidance and the direction of where God's taking us. Yeah. I just want to be where God's going. I just want to be where God is. I want to pursue God. I want to trust in God. And as you read that, it's, it's interesting, right? Because you read that and you say, man, God is just, he's just, he's trying to navigate them around trouble. But he's leading them to a trap to a place of a Red Sea where it appears as if there is no way out. When you first read that, if you don't know the end of the story, it would seem like, oh, he's so, God is being so sweet. He doesn't want them to, to live with fear and to worry and to be overwhelmed with what may happen. But yet God avoids the threat of war but leads them into a place that seems like a trap. What what is it? God always wants you to trust him. He always wants you to have confidence, not in yourselves, but confidence in Him. He wants you to know that when you look at your future and you look at the things that are before you, and it seems bleak, it seems like there's not going to be anything significant. You can't leave a legacy. You're beyond the date. Your expiration date has already passed. There's nothing significant that you can leave. Can I just tell you, I believe that's a lie from the pit of hell. I believe that all of you can leave a legacy, one that you're proud of, one that God's proud of. And I believe collectively God's calling this house to leave a significant legacy. But every legacy and every vision that God leads us to requires us to live by faith and to trust in God. Habakkuk 2.2 says that it says and declares that we should write write down the vision or the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that the herald may run with it. We can't run with a vision if we don't know what it is. I want to ask you a question, and it would be nice if you would respond. Um, (laughs) But how many of you know someone who needs Jesus or should belong to God's house? Can you just put your hand up if you know someone? I believe if that's true, then the house needs to grow. Would you say amen? (laughs) And I believe that if there are people in our world, that then the house needs to grow. And I don't know what it is in our, in our, in our perception. We view the power of God in a very skewed way. I remember talking to someone about our church and saying to God, I, saying to the person, I, "I believe we're still in our infancy. We're we're still trying to walk. We're walking, but if you push us too hard, we might fall. Like we're we're still a young church, but but God's faithful. He's providing a way, and He's you know not pulling the rug out from under us. And God's He's blessing us, and He's faithful to us. And but as we develop and as we grow, there is this continued sense of, man, God, if you don't go before us, there's there's going to be a serious, there's going to be a serious problem. We need to trust in you. And I was sharing with this person that, man, we've been trusting God, and the church is growing. But man, I, I just, I wish the church was growing faster. And they said, well, how's the church? And they knew our church. They said, well, I, I, your church is just, your church is huge. Why do you want your church to grow? Isn't it big enough? And I said, I suppose if if I was setting out to to do this because. I was trying to make myself feel good. And I was trying to determine my self-worth and value and purpose on what I can accomplish. I need to let you know, I could never accomplish this in my own strength. And for many of you who see me on this platform, you're like, man, I can't believe this is so good. All that he pursued to get. I didn't want to be on this platform. (laughs) The vision and the direction that God led me to was in my desire. It was never to be behind this pulpit. I just want some of you to know that. When I read the story of Moses, I read it and I begin to laugh because when God called Moses out on the back side of the mountain hiding in the desert, I said, well, I don't know if I was hiding in the desert, but when God came, I was just like Moses where he says, I want to use you. And I said, I just can't. I can't do it. And God's like, no, I'm going to use you. I said, I'm sorry. I stutter. I can't focus. I stare at lights. I blink my eyes. I can't remember. I like, I'm not kidding. I said to my mom, I said, I can't stand in front of people and talk. I'll forget I don't, I'm, you know, my mind, I struggle and I'd say to my mother, you know, people say I have ADD, ADHD and all those other letters. I can't focus and do this and all that other stuff. And, and yet God says, well, I don't really care. And I remember feeling like, all right, God, if I'm going to do this and you're calling me to it, you're just going to have to show up. And you're going to have to help and you're going to have to just, and there's a sense of just trusting God. And what I'm trying to convey to you is some of you, you're looking from the outside in because you don't think that God can use you in a significant way. And that's exactly where I was. And I want you to know my prayer for you is that God would shake things up in your life. For some of you who aren't leading in teams, I pray that God would shake your spirit, that the Holy Spirit would would convict you and you'd be restless until you lead. Some of you are like, really? You're going to pray that? Yes, I want to pray that. I want you to get into the lane that God's called you to live in. I don't want this to be a journey where you just enjoy the ride of everyone else running after God, but you're just stationary and sitting there. I don't want you to just be along for the ride. I want you running. I want you participating. I want you giving and serving and loving and leading with the gifts and talents that God's blessed you with. Man, there's nothing like it. In, in, there is no place like the church. And it's sometimes in the church that gold and silver in the talents of people are sitting in the seats with an unwillingness to step out and to allow God to use their, use their skills and their talents. And I just, I, I want you to know that I believe where God is leading us, there's not going to be an option for us to, to, be, to be seated and to watch it as a spectator would, but to be engaged and to be involved. I remember when God was beginning to speak to me. It was about 2016, after my father had kind of officially passed the baton in 2015. And, and I remember saying to myself, like, hey, listen, as long as, like, there's people showing up. And, uh, and I remember being very convicted by the Holy Spirit, of where I felt he was leading the church. And I remember praying and saying, God, I just believe that we're going to have a church like Three thousand, And I remember saying that, and, like, they saying that. I'm like, that's a lot. Like, that's a lot. Like, I don't know. It's, like, maybe, like, 15, 12, like eleven 1, hundred, God, 1,100 people, you know? And I, I remember, like, praying that way and trying to figure out, like, how do you do this? How do you get a vision from God? You start throwing numbers up, and when one sticks, you're like, all right, that's it, you know? Or do you just say a number, and if God doesn't rebuke it, then you're like, well, he didn't rebuke it. So that's the number, you know? And, and I remember praying about, like, God, what? Where do we go and how, how do we grow and reach more people? And, you know, it's funny. I, I remember praying and finally got to the point of saying and feeling prompted in my spirit, this is, this is going to be a house of tens of thousands of people. And I remember when the words came out of my mouth, I had this sense of like, almost like a child talking back to their parent, like almost like, and nothing happened. And I remember the Holy Spirit saying to me, You think that's a lot, don't you? I'm like, well, no, it is a lot. It's a lot. (laughs) And I almost felt like the Holy Spirit said, how many people live in your county? (laughs) Our county. Not the region, not the state, the county. Almost 300,000. And I'm overwhelmed by God only reaching a single-digit percentage of those people. Some of us just need to realize that we serve a God that created the heavens and the earth. We serve a God who can do the impossible and do things beyond our comprehension. And so every time you get in God's way, because you have an incapacity to think on the magnitude that he's thinking. Just move yourself aside and just say, God, may your will be done. And just use me in any way that you can. And do you know what I realized in that? When I, believe, when I really received what God was speaking to me and where he was calling me, do you know what it did? It, it scared me so badly and just drove me deeper into prayer with, with the Lord. And where God leads you will not cr- increase your pride. It will diminish it and increase your humility. Because where God's leading you is often to a place where you cannot depend on your own gifts and talents. It's a place where he'll lead you, but you'll be in an utter dependence upon him to provide and to direct. And I believe that's not only how God does it individually as a church, but it's how he does it well individually within a church, but how he does it corporately within a church. I see this house spanning the region. I see us having thousands of crews across the region ministering to marriages and those who are dealing with recovery and those who have just lost their way in life. I see youth of thousands of youth gathering across the region worshiping God. I see prison ministry that is reaching tens of thousands of people. I see our college training up hundreds of next generation ministers of the gospel that can be released not only in the house of True North Church but beyond and around the world. I believe what God's doing may not be played out in this generation but will be seen and lived out in the next generation and so what does that mean we're going to prep the next generation for that amen come on really clap give god some praise (laughs) acts 18 talks about when paul received a vision from god and the lord spoke to paul and he says do not be afraid keep on speaking do not be silent for i am with you and no one is going to attack or harm you Because I have many people in this city. What I read in the scriptures is that where God leads you, he'll provide. And where God calls you to follow, he's going to provide. It may not be easy. It may not always work out in the way that you understand it. But God will provide. Where there's a vision from God, there will always be provision for the vision. And I believe that. And I'll tell you, early on, I didn't. Early on, I didn't. Early on, I thought that when we were building this building... And we had money saved up. We saved for 12 years. And I think we had close to $2 million. And I remember thinking about, okay, how are we going to build this building? And I started to run the numbers in my head. I'm like, okay. And we're sitting down with my father and my father... And the board of directors of this house are incredible entrepreneurs and men of faith, men who have great marriages, great families. They love God and they advise me in so many ways. And, and they're always helping keep good healthy margin in the life of the church so that we continue to help people even during seasons of of national emergencies and global pandemics that the church can still be open. We can still minister to people. And a lot of that is just good stewardship principles. But one of the things that I was scratching my head on was like, well, God, how, how is this going to work? I'm, I'm adding the numbers. It just doesn't seem to make sense. I, I, and I remember when God's like, hey, just, j- just do this. I'm like, yeah, well, okay, I'll do that. But then what? And how many of you know when you serve God, sometimes he just tells you to take the first step. But you're asking him how to, how to put the third step down. And he says, I didn't tell you about the third step yet. Just put the first step down. Do you know why? One of the things I've learned with God is when you step, your perspective changes. And what you couldn't see in the first step, now all of a sudden becomes visible. And sometimes you don't even need to ask God where to put the second step. Because now that you've stepped, you all of a sudden can see what God is trying to set out before you. And you're like, ah, I get it, God. I got it. And then you take another step. And, and God begins to direct and lead that way. And I realized that when God sets something out, He'll bring the right people at the right time with the right kind of gifts and talents to advance the vision that He's given the house. We've tried to boil everything down in the vision of this house into four legacy lanes. That's That's how we choose to describe it. The first legacy lane is expansion. That's how we view it and talk about it and communicate it in the life of the church. Expansion is everything—from building an eighteen-hundred-seat um, larger auditorium to the north, to constructing the wellness center, expanding the parking lot, to constructing future campuses. How many want to see a campus closer to their to their city and in in their area? Anyone here want to see God expand into that area? And that's all within the legacy lane of expansion the second legacy lane is the college is true north college and this lane is all about growing and equipping leaders for ministry this includes expanding curriculum and classes and building the faculty and finding a space of our own so that we can raise up the next generation of christian leaders to continue to advance the gospel of jesus the third lane is what we've described as generations it's really the family it's from the infants, it's the compass kids, it's youth, it's our marriage, it's marriage express, it's everything that encompasses the family, and that lane is really special to me because I really believe the uniqueness of God's hand and the fingerprint on this house is a generational fingerprint. I remember when some people first started to come, they said, there's young people everywhere, and I'm like, no, there's just young people and you see them. <laughs> But the truth is, is that we have such a great collection of grandparents, parents and children. And to see the continued marriages that are happening in this house and the dedications and God is good. Amen. And he continues to go before us. And the final lane is the local and global outreach. This lane is all about this house carefully making the decisions to partner with ministries, whether within our own community or within the world around us, such as Vision Rescue and other organizations like that. The other night, we had an event here, which we typically only, and this is how we've decided to do it, is some of our partners that we have, we, um, we create unique ways to help them, and they were in need of a, of a space to hold their banquet, their fundraiser, and uh, it was an organization that, that helped save the unborn. And uh, they had the privilege of having um, Dr. Ben Carson share and, um, here. It was just this past week. and he a, it, Obviously, the man is brilliant, and he's so articulate. But one of the things that he said at the end of his speech was, he says, this is the land of the free, as long as it's filled with the home of the brave. And there was something in it that struck a chord in a spiritual sense, that we need to be filled with courage to go where God's calling us, even if we don't understand it even if it requires sacrifice from us. I remember when God shared this vision with me, I'm like, well, this isn't a clearance vision, you know. This isn't like the cheap vision that I can find on the clearance rack. Like, God, there's, I'm sure there's something else that would cost less and would require less of us. And <laughs> but I want to go wherever God is leading. And I know the uniqueness about God is this. God never forces anyone to do things He allows you to live on the level you want to live on. And wherever you choose to stay, God's love towards you is unchanging. But your life will look different. The promises you walk in will be different. The vision just on this campus alone, I think as we were running numbers and the expansion of the wellness center, the parking, and the, you know, there's, Everyone in New Jersey drives, like, multiple cars sometimes to church. And um, so we're doing calculations and running everything. And the 1,800-seat auditorium It will be close to $20 million to build this whole thing out. And you look at some of you, you're like, oh, you know. Five years ago, I might have done the same. But I realized something, that where there's vision, God will bring provision. And I'm trusting God that as each one of us pursues him, And seeks God face. Listen, I will never tell you what to give to the house of God, ever. But I will unapologetically ask you to ask Him what you should give. And seek the Lord. Pray about what you can bring to the offering at the end of this series. So that we as a family can cultivate a house to reach more people. I know you have family members in mind when you lifted your hand about who needs to be here. I know you have friends, grandparents. Maybe it is your parents and you're desperately desiring them. Maybe it's your children who are far from God. You're desperately desiring them to be here. I believe that this house is going to grow and I believe your family can be part of it. One of the things that we were talking about as a team that we could easily just sit back and say, how good is God? And put our feet up and and say, well, we did it, we built a building, we can all just, you know, relax, and just keep the building the way it is, and, and just stay this size, and never decide to grow, and, but that's not what God's called me to, and I want you to know that where he leads, I'm going to do the best that I can to follow, and sometimes it seems crazy, I remember sharing this with the staff and I'm running through all the numbers and I realized something, that I had more time to dwell upon it than the team. And so I'm running through the numbers. I'm like, yeah, this is probably gonna cost 20 million. That's probably gonna, you know. I said, I'm sorry. Was that a lot? You know, and I said, that's, that's a lot. I said, maybe for you, but we have a big family. But more importantly, we have a big God. And I know God's going before us. And this is my challenge to you. To pursue God, not to pursue accomplishment of things. I I realized something. I'm not going to spend the next 20 minutes in telling you my story, but as a child, I watch what happens when our pursuits can be shifted. Well-meaning, well-intended pursuits, they can become a focus on building things and not pursuing God and helping people. And when that happens, everything gets unraveled. I want to reach people. I want the the name of Jesus to be be proclaimed in this region. How much of a privilege is it to be used by God to change not only a region, but I'm believing that there will be something of an epicenter in our church that will send ripples across the region of people that can live with faith and live with conviction. Amen? And what does that mean? It means it begins in our heart in this house. Are you with me? Listen, I know that for some of us, this may seem like, well, man, I, I don't know. And I, that's all right. That's all right. You, you, you can be there. But I know that I want to leave an eternal legacy, something of significance. Because I know no matter what we build with our hands, over time, it will crumble and it will deteriorate. But what we deposit in the hearts of people, <laughs> it'll live forever. It'll change families. It'll change change the legacy of that home. It'll change the generations of, of that family, and that's what it's all about. So continue to seek God. I want to I want to close with this psalm in, one, in uh, Psalm one twelve. This is what it says. And I believe this is just kind of where we are as a family. But this is what it says: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in His commands. Who find delight. In his commands, their children will be mighty in the land. The generations of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their house and the righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright. For those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous, good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. Come on, say amen. amen. Can you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to pray for you before we go. Father, I thank you that you lead us often to places we would never go or never choose to go, but I'm grateful, Father, that you continue to to lead us. That you continue to go before us. And I thank you though that at times things seem impossible, we need to be reminded of the God that we follow and the God that we serve. Lord, I know that every time we gather, there are hundreds of people who visit for the first time. And maybe they've been coming for quite some time, but they have yet to surrender their life to you. If you're here today or watching online and you know that you've never given your life to Jesus and and you need to do so, I want to remind you that the very thing that separates you from God is sin. That's why Jesus came to deal with your sin and my sin. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God that none are righteous, not even one. Meaning this, you can't save yourself; you need something beyond yourself, and that's Jesus. Jesus came from heaven to earth, and He took your place on that cross to pay for the punishment or to pay for those sins. The Bible says and teaches that salvation comes by grace through faith. It means that you can't buy it, you can't earn it; it can't be something that you set out to accomplish. It can only be received. And so today, before we go, I want to extend that gift of salvation that comes through the name of Jesus to you. It says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the grave, you shall be saved. And so if you're here today or joining us online and you're ready to say that prayer, that prayer of repentance and that prayer of surrender, To Jesus, we're going to lead you in that prayer. So come on, church, let's say it together so no one's saying this prayer alone. Repeat it after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I receive your Son, Jesus, as my personal Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins and come into my heart. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and conquered sin and death. I'm now a Christian. Christ now lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's clap for everybody. Come on, stand to your feet. Hey, I want to tell you, um, next week, everybody say next week. Next week, um, for the first time in public, we're going to share with you renderings of what that 1,800-seat auditorium is going to look like, and we're going to share with you renderings of what the Wellness Center are going to look like. We're going to send you out um, with a brochure about all the expansion and the vision at the Mullica Hill campus here, so you're going to leave with all the details in your hand, and we're going to show you as much vision as, as we possibly can, and to show you where we believe God is leading this family, and what excites me more than anything is the thousands and thousands of people that'll be changed because of the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus. It's an exciting thing. So if you're here today and you said yes to Jesus, we have a gift for you when you go right out in the lobby. Um, you're gonna see people waving these um, these Bibles. It's a New Testament. There's information in here to help you in your journey with the Lord to help you to belong to this family. And so, make sure when you go, best decision you've ever made. You stop and you say, "Hey, I made a decision to follow Jesus." And I want you to know something: we have the ability to to worship God in this place because people have sacrificed and given because their heart is that you know Jesus, that you know the love of God, and it's not going to stop. It's going to continue to go so that generation upon generation can be impacted from it. Also, make sure that as you exit, um, you grab one of these legacy devotionals. I'm not kidding. You're going to be quizzed next Sunday to make sure that I'm I'm not going to do that. I may, Um, but no, I'm just kidding. Come to church. I'm not going to quiz you on this, um, but make sure that you read this. I believe it's going to bless you um, and pick a copy up as you exit. Is that good? Also, today is growth track. That's the beginning for the month of November. Some of you, um, you've been attending the house. But but you have like one foot in and kind of one foot out, meaning like you're kind of spectating, but you're not spectating. And some of you, man, let me say this way. We're better with you than we are without you. And we need you to partner and put your hands to it and say, hey, I'm here to serve. I'm here to give. I'm here to lead. And the best way to do that is to begin with in taking growth track. It's a three-week course. I'm in that class. You'll have the opportunity not only here to have a chance to meet me and the rest of the staff and to hear about the vision and the life of this house, but it really allows you to find community and to call this place home. Um, so make sure that you sign up for that today. It's after our one o'clock service starts at 2.30. If you want to sign up, you can go right over to Next Steps at the end of service and let them know, hey, I want to make sure that I'm part of Growth Track today. Does that sound good? Come on, stretch your hands to heaven. Let me pray for you before we go. Father, I thank you that you are faithful, that though you lead us at times to places that we would never, ever go on our own, we can look back now and say thank you. Thank you for leading us to a place that seemed irrelevant to where we wanted to be, that seemed confusing at the time. But Father, I thank you that you are faithful to us, that when we trust you and lean on you and not our own understanding, that you lead us to a better tomorrow. Father, maybe above everything else, we thank you that you made a way of salvation. We thank you that that you, that you made a way that we could spend eternity with you. We thank you for the gift of Jesus. We thank you that we can have a personal relationship with him, that the Holy Spirit can abide and dwell and live within us and guide and direct us and give us vision and purpose and meaning for our lives today, right now. So, Father, as we go today, may fear be far from us. May we be filled with faith, encouraged, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Go with us as we go today. In your precious and holy name we pray, the faithful church said, Amen. Amen. God bless guys. seats as the